so we're going to start. 7-0. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to come before you together in a corporate setting. God, I thank you for the people that are here. We thank you for your word. Above all, we thank you for your son, Jesus. Lord, I ask that you give me words to speak this evening that are of truth, that they'll be vital and bring life to us. I thank you, God, for the word. And we give you honor and praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Uh, I didn't know just how to approach this subject. Um, but last week I used a word that's kind of uh, hasn't caused any problems, but it was challenged, and I think it was <clears throat> it's good to have challenges. Uh, I used the word need. <laughs> so we see we got some pretty astute people around here. But need, N-E-E-D, uh, I said that God needs our worship, needs. And uh, and CJ met me after church, <laughs> and he sent me a letter, a text this morning about it, so I thought I needed it. And then Caleb came to me and asked me about it, because there's one scripture in the Word that said God doesn't need anything from us. <clears throat> so I thought maybe I could clarify <clears throat> where, why I even used that word. It probably was a word that maybe I did, maybe I should have used a different word. Uh, probably God desires our worship would have been a better word to use. But then I also wanted to explain how I think. I think covenant. When I think of things, I think covenant, and to me, need is a covenant word. <laughs> so it just easily went in there. God needs your worship. But the scripture he, uh, him, Caleb and him and CJ both used is God that made the world. It's in Acts 17, 24 and 25. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is he worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And it goes on. It's very good scripture. Actually, if I read the whole chapter, it would be really kind of uh, having something to do with what I'm going to speak about tonight. But where, <clears throat> where the way I think maybe that helps, I, I'm glad that that was brought to my attention uh, using the word need, N-E-E-D. Um, but, you know, when God, uh, I, 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 I have an understanding that in covenant relationship it's an exchange, and I'm talking about worship and how we should, that he desires our worship. But see, in my mind, I'm seeing covenant, covenant, Actually, when we worship, we're coming to worship before him. And as we worship to him, he ministers back to us. So I, uh, you know, I think that way, covenant. So I hope I haven't confused anybody any more than, uh, any more than me using the word need. So what I want to say is that God desires our worship. <laughs> so maybe that's more acceptable. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The word's interchangeable. But when I think of covenant, I think of the transgression and what happened when Adam and Eve fell. Uh, and how many years, when you, you talk about covenant, and that's what I'm not going to talk about tonight, but, uh, when you think about how many years God just was looking for one man to believe him. Just one man to believe that he, who he was. And actually, Abraham was actually the first one, uh, that believed him, you know, after everything happened, you know, we won't get, but Abraham believed him and that's our beginning. That's why he's our father, father Abraham. He believed who God was. God's, 
is so patient. He has all eternity. <laughs> we don't have eternity, but he has eternity. And so he was looking for one covenant man that would believe him, believe him. And then look how many years it went. It went and went and went that he could bring, that Jesus could come and purchase and redeem us. And you know how that came? He was looking for one woman that would believe him. And the word says that Mary uh, said, be it unto me, as, as the word that you spoke. She believed the word that was spoken to her. So there's that covenant relationship <clears throat> that I believe every believer needs to understand, that we have a side and God has a side, and we're working in that covenant. Is that okay with you, Caleb? You think I've explained need? <laughs> My, the word I used, but he desires us to worship him. I started with our motto about Jesus, we are here for you. And then I started with what I felt like my interpretation or my understanding of that is that Jesus, we are here to minister to you when we come in. We're here to minister to you and in praise and worship. As we praise him, we are rejoicing in all that God has done and all that he's going to do in our life. You know, that takes some uh, meditation. We just can't come in here and just, you know, say a few words. We have to come in with that uh, understanding that we're here to minister to him. The only way we can is through our spirit. He's seeking those that worship him in spirit and in truth. So when we come in, our, if we have the truth of the word of God that comes into our spirit, man, and we can release that back unto him, and uh, and then he in turn can minister back unto us. That's that covenant relationship. So when you come in on uh, and we worship together uh I thank covenant. That's what I, I'm here for him. You know, and that's, that's where I'm supposed to be. I'm to be here in spirit and truth and to worship him. He's, as I said, he's looking for worshipers. <clears throat> and then the scripture I had was draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. <sighs> I believe this is my personal my personal understanding, my personal belief, that there are three components that lead us into a mature relationship with the Lord. There's three components that I desire and I try to follow after so that I can keep progressing in my relationship with the Lord. And one is knowledge of him. The other is covenant of him, the covenant we have with him, and then our worship. So that just, that takes in a huge understanding we need. But so just think knowledge, covenant, worship, uh, that we can mature in him. Praise God. So I wanted to start tonight with, uh, to present a, a biblical foundation, I believe, of how to, to, that we need to understand so that we can mature and develop um, a, a relationship with him. This, this, is, uh, I, this, it, this understanding impacted me so much with Joshua Todd Tovar. But I believe every believer, and I know that you've all heard it and we've perhaps skimmed over the subject, but every believer needs to understand spirit, soul, body. Even when we come to minister to him, we need to understand spirit, soul, body. And that's what I want to talk about this this evening is about those three components. About Joshua, you know, he lived for a year and a half or after they, or a little longer maybe, but, you know, they they gave him just months to live, and he lived a lot longer than that, thank God. But I, I saw him three weeks before he died. I went to Nashville, and uh, I'm just telling this story because I want to, I'm trying to impart to you how I see that this is so important to, 
to really grasp the understanding of spirit, soul, body. But I had sent him scriptures. I had put up on my wall, you know, Joshua Todd Tovar will live, he will not die. Everything I knew, everything I knew out of me to impart to my grandson, because I believe that he could live. And I believe that he would be with us today if he had even, if he had even understood this. But the week, the, that week that I was with him, I thought, I'm going up there, you know, I'm going to continue to lay hands on him and, and I'm going to continue with the word. And, you know, I hit one little subject, just a casual subject when I was talking to him. I said, Joshua, you know that we're spirit, soul, body. And we, and he said, Grandma, what are you talking about? And I said, we're, we're spirit, soul, body. We're a triune being, Joshua. And that's all he wanted to talk about. He wanted to understand spirit, soul, body. And do you know what? I believe, well, in the church, when, when we began the church and then we saw it in uh, Perry, Oklahoma, it was surprising how many people came in there from different, uh, denominations that came into that church that had no understanding at all of spirit, soul, body. And really and truly, some people truly got free when they understood that subject. I, I think that many people think we're kind of dualistic Christians. But you know, here's this covenant thing again. Here's understanding, uh, cause God is a triune being, right? And he said that we were made in his image. So we are triune beings. We're spirit, we're soul, and we're body. And what is so is important is understand the relationship that they have with each other. The relationship that the, the spirit has with the soul and the soul has with the body, the body has with the soul, and on and on. They all have a relationship in, in, in us. <laughs> and it's so important to understand how that's working in us. Because if the life part of us is in our spirit, and I gave, I gave you a, a dog, you have that little dog, yeah, could you put that up, Caleb? It's just a simple little thing that, uh, you know what I did? I sat down at my desk today and wasted about 20 minutes trying to do this. I tried to draw the outline of a body. <laughs> And then I tried to put another little body in it, and it just never looked good. But teachers that I know that talk spirit, soul, body, Taylor's laughing. Did you see it? Did you see my artwork? (laughs) I I was hoping nobody saw it. But but teachers that teach spirit, soul, body, they always use this diagram. And I think I understand why, because you can't draw a body in a body in a body. (laughs) Or I can't. Uh, Kaylin could, I'm sure. Okay, so I want to just explain a little bit of this, and then I'm going to break down each each one of each facet of our triune being. We are triune beings, and um, a lot of people, you will know, will refer to body, soul, spirit, because we're bodies. You know, the body, we the visual body we see first, but actually we're spirit, soul, body. The spirit is in the center, the soul and the body. <clears throat> our physical body isn't worth a whole lot, and I'm going to get into that. What our body is is simply a, a house that we're living in while we're on planet Earth. You know, that's just the way to simply think about it. It's just a tent that we're living in. The soul is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. That's where that you can more or less judge that as personality. That's what makes up our personality, our our will, our emotions, our mind, how we think, and that's where things grow. I mean, you know, our knowledge grows; it grows in our soul and our spirit. When when a when a person is born, everyone is born with a human spirit. We, everyone has a spirit. <clears throat> but it's not until we profess Jesus Christ and we believe that he is the son of God, that he rose from the dead, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, you know, that we believe in him, 
as our Lord and Savior, that our spirit is born again. And at that instant, the Holy Spirit comes in us and dwells within us. And so we have a regenerated spirit when we become born again. When the Holy Spirit comes and and dwells within us, some of the scripture tells us he comes, you know, he brings the fullness of the Godhead in us. Our mind can't even wrap around that. But to know what we actually have in our spirit. The real you is your spirit. The real man is spirit. God is a spirit and we're a spirit. Uh, I'm going to try to stick with my note. That That's good, Caleb. I better stick here so I won't get in trouble <laughs> with wrong words. Anyway, uh, two passages of Scripture that clearly establishes the fact that man is a trying being, uh, composed of spirit, soul, body. The first one's First Thessalonians 5, 23. I know all of us know that. I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. There, the, the trying being is clearly explained. And then in Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. In other words, you can look at it like God dwells in our spirit. That's the part of us that the Holy Spirit comes to live in. That That is the part of us that's redeemed. The other two-thirds of us got to get, our souls got to get saved, and our body will be the last thing that will be redeemed when the Lord comes back. <clears throat> so there, one-third of us, the real us, is... uh has, is, is redeemed. It's bought. It's a new creature. We're told we are made new creatures in Christ. Well, what a part of us is made new? Our spirit. That's what becomes new. You know, people get born again. They expect a huge change to see in their life. Well, <laughs> there is. They have a new spirit with them. They're born again, but they have some of the same old habits they had. Uh, they have some of the same old problems they have in their body. And and I've heard people quote, well, you know, if I got born again, why am I still having some of these same problems? Well, we have to renew our mind. That's that progression where we work through. We have to renew our mind. And somehow we have to train ourselves not to listen too much to our body. So you could say we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. That is our triune nature. Okay. So I said that our physical body is our earth house. It's how we walk around in this earth. And some of us are real pleased with what our earth house looks like, and some of us aren't. And the older you get, the more displeased you become with the wrinkles and the, and it's hard to get some of that weight off. I thought about how round, you know, I was trying to draw a man to look real nice, you know. This is round and I thought, you know, some of us are more round than others, so maybe, maybe it's okay to have circles. I know I'm more round than others. So our physical body is just simply an earth house. Um, I had to go to the internet because when I used to teach this, uh, I, I, I've had the statistics that our body was worth about 32 cents then. You'll be not glad to know I went to the internet and we're worth a little bit more than that now. So inflation, you know, <laughs> makes us worth a little bit more. But I'll just read what I, I had from the inter- I got from the internet. If you're looking to make some money with your body, <laughs> your best bet would to sell your organs, <laughs> but that is illegal. That's what it says. An alternative might be to tan your hide to use as leather. Your skin would be worth about three fifty <laughs> if it were sold at the price of a cow hide, which runs about twenty five cents per square foot. So if you take a dollar's worth of trace elements, Plus the value of your skin, you might be able to get four fifty, which will round to five dollars, so you'll feel better about the value of your body. 
that came off the internet. So this physical body isn't worth a whole lot. It's what it's housing that is worth something. So uh, I, I just think that uh, it's interesting the untold millions and billions of dollars we're spending on keeping this body looking good. You know, and you think about, it's kind of shocking to me how the thing about euthanasia is becoming a kind of a popular thing, people to help you commit suicide so you're not going to suffer, you know. Probably a lot of it's more is being done than we realize. Or you babies are being aborted now. And if you're lucky enough to escape both of those things, then you're going to spend a lot of time trying to keep this body in good shape. And, you know, we're told in the scripture, uh, well, I'll I'll read out the New Living Translation, 1 Timothy 4.8. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. So, yeah, we have to take care of our body the best we can. But for us to train ourselves in godliness, and you know where that's going to operate through? It'll be through the soul and the spirit. <clears throat> okay. The physical body is in contact with the material world. That part of us is in contact with the the material world, and it is through the five senses. That's how our body associates with everything around us through the five senses, sight, smell, hearing, taste, and touch. Our body affects the world, and the world affects our body. Uh, so the body will communicate to the other two parts of us through these five senses. If if you're born again, I think this is something, I think this is where Joshua was just kind of surprised. Uh, if you're born again, your body, your body really isn't going to communicate with your, your spirit isn't going to be communicating a lot with your body. The promises we have in God come from our spirit, but they work through the soul out to our body. Um and you know it helped it helps it helped me to understand that that my body is just going to associate with all of you through my five senses when i look at melody i see her face i see her body i see how she's dressed that's what i'm looking at my five senses is taking in how melody looks right now but that's not the real melody but when we can begin to communicate with each other, and especially, you know, just knowing one another like we do, and our spirit and our soul can get involved, and then I have the ability to really talk to the real melody. We can begin to communicate. <clears throat> when your spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes to live in your your human spirit, it communicates with the spirit. That's where he's communicating. That's where God is communicating with you is through your human spirit. So I guess, um, I wanted to show you. The soul stands between the body and the spirit. Um, And you see it's right in the center. And it's touching. It can touch both worlds. It can touch our physical world and it can touch our spiritual world. But the spirit and the soul, the spirit and the physical bodies cannot communicate to each other. It has to communicate with the soul. No wonder we are told to renew our minds with the word of God, how important it is. And that's where we start, where we can judge uh, things that are, if they're true or they're not, if we have renewed our mind with the word of God. We have, take for instance, well, 
you know, the word uh, by Jesus stripes, I am healed. You know, how many times have we said that by Jesus stripes, I am healed. Do you know that is a spiritual reality in your spirit? But if your mind, if your mind gets into a place of doubt, it blocks that truth that's in your spirit. The way that the word that's in your spirit, man, can affect your physical body is it travels through the soul and the soul gets an agreement with what the word of God says. That's why it is so important to renew our mind. Renew our mind. And I'm, I'm just interjecting this and I, I have a, I have a real, I just, uh, a burden, I might say, for our young people. Because they, they have so much information going on all the time. It's always constantly. And most of that information is coming from the world. Unless they're in a home that is teaching in the Word of God. So they're acquiring all this knowledge that comes in. You know what? A lot of that knowledge can, can, can stop the truth that's in the spirit man that could be released into our soul or into our, uh, our physical body. So it's, it, can you see what I'm trying to say? How important it is that we understand how they work together. They work together. The knowledge of God, you know, so many, so many do not have that knowledge of the Word. We, we don't, how many, how many hours do we spend in the Word of God compared to television? Compared to all the little machines we run, whatever they're called. How many hours do we spend on those things? And how many hours do you spend renewing your mind with the Word of God? And daily we need to. Daily, if we're going to allow the Spirit of God to be released in our life, be released to the world around us, this whole, this soul has got to get in line. It's the one, it's the pivot of of uh, spirit soul body it's the thing that is rotating everything around it if the soul can um, get in line with the word of god the truth of that word which is indwelling in our our spirit i mean does that boggle your mind kind of to think that the truth is all there you know for instance i can give you an instance uh about praying in tongues, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know how many do here, but I, the way I use, people would say, no, I don't, you know, I just don't think, one, and you don't force people to pray in tongues, but the knowledge is kind of, no, I don't want to do that, because how do I know that that's coming from God, you know, and you give them the scriptures, but the thing of it is, that's all in their mind knowledge. But what it, but what I used to say, and it used to really, uh, could turn a little light on. I said, well, do, uh, do you know, G- you know Jesus, don't you? Yes. Well, the Holy Spirit came to live in your spirit, right? Well, yes. Jesus lives in me. And I said, well, when he came in, he brought everything with him that he has. And do you know that language is right in your spirit, man, right now? All it needs to be is released. It's just a matter of releasing the language of the spirit. It's in your spirit. So that's, uh, you can apply that in so many ways. I, I just wanted you to see how they work together. Uh, first Corinthians, well. Okay. Yeah, this was a subject I wanted. About the soul. The soul is a thing. We, it's easy to understand our physical body. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's communicating with the world through the five senses. It's easy to understand that we're born again and that, that truth dwells within us. That's easy to understand. But that old soul man is a problem <laughs> to understand. So, um, how do I want to put this? Our soul, you know, when back in the 70s when things were, you know, when the charismatic move was really, all of you are too young to know that, but I know it. Uh, <laughs> you're all too young to know what all happened back then. But uh, the 
that there, I know one of the first things I heard from, uh, uh, a person that was filled with the spirit is saying to me, you just got to die to self. And I thought, what is that? Dying to self. And yet there was something in me that kind of knew maybe that's true. <laughs> You know, but if what that really is saying, the soul is going to have to humble itself to the word of God. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. That old will man can do a lot of things (laughs) if you stop and think about it. You make a decision here with your mind, right? You can make that decision what you're going to follow with. Okay. And, but your will may say, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) That's called free will. He gave us free will and free and our will can touch our body and it can touch our spirit. Both those realms, uh, can, can have input into our, our will. So if we do not judge by the word of God, having our mind renewed with the word of God, Usually we're going to rebel against uh, things of the spirit that come to us. Uh, if they, you know, like sometimes you get that little correction that, you know, came from the spirit to your body. <laughs> you know, you need to correct this little thing. And then right away, you know, your physical body doesn't much like like dieting. <laughs> I've been going through that for a couple of weeks and I failed every week, every day, you know. I start out strong, but the flesh just kind of wants, it's tired. It don't want to go in there and cook, you know, so just grab something, you know. But I have that little unction I know inside of me. Yeah, you know, you bet, you know. So my will is pretty weak in that area. <laughs> So I know how I have to build my mind up. I have to build my soul up uh, to overcome the lusts of the flesh and its food. You know, it's hysterical how we can do that and we know better. But that's a good example. Uh, the will. We have to bring that will in. And, and see, that's where the soul can rebel. Praise and worship. How many places, you know... To even raise, it says to raise holy hands. There, there's many places that you cannot go in and, and just lift your hands to worship God. You know, that, and I came from one of those places. I mean, if anybody would have raised their hand up and when we were singing songs, that would have been bad. In fact, I remember one man, he used to sit up front and he, and they, the preacher would be saying something. He'd say, Amen, you know, and well, they had to remove him because he was causing a disturbance. See, so, you know, your, your soul can rebel, um, and because what you have figured out in your mind looks right. And talking about praise, if you study what Davidic praise, and you know, we said that the, the tabernacle of David's gonna be, restored before the Lord returns. If you think about that, <laughs> that Davidic worship was pretty wild. They danced and they were loud. Every instrument they had was going and uh, and they could move into a place of worship uh, where they were worshiping God. Um, I, I, I just, uh, I know I should have stuck with my notes. I, I so want to present how you want to recognize when your soul is rebelling. When your soul rebels against something of the Spirit or against the Word, it blocks the Holy Spirit from working in your life. That's what it does. It blocks it. So we want to get our spirit, our soul, and our body all in line. We are to walk in the Spirit. He told us we are to walk in the Spirit. But you know, most of us, are walking in the fleshly man, the carnal man. The word talks a lot about the carnal man. The carnal man can be death to us. I'm trying to think of a few examples just in my own life about how, how awesome the Spirit of God, how He can meet us. There was a time in my life that, uh, 
that I was very hungry for the word of God. I, I wasn't filled with the spirit or anything and was going through a very difficult time. So I opened up the Bible and I read through the entire Bible. And you know what? I didn't know most of what it was talking about. I received Jesus when I was six, but from that point till I was 35, I did, I was not taught the word. I, I was in a church where, where they have what they call homiletics, good stories. You know, you go in to hear a good story to make you feel better. And a lot of that's going on still. But, um, so I read that word. I just kept reading the word, not knowing anything that really just, just very little could I understand what it was saying. But my mind, but my mind was taking it in somehow. What a mystery, you know. But somehow in my soul, I was so hungry for the Lord. Um, and I, so I had put myself in a place of submission, if I, if you understand what I'm talking about. So I was submissive to just anything of God, Lord, anything you got for me, I want it, I need it. Well, they ha- used to have, a, do they still have a glow? Does anybody know a glow? Used to be there, do they still have a glow? They don't have a glow, but you know what I was talking about. Used to be a women's uh big fellowship of women um, that would come together. Well, I I went to Oklahoma City to this aglow meeting. And I was one that had not been, I had not been taught anything about the Holy Spirit, except we'd end up, how's that benediction go? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, how did they, um, yeah, how they end that up. You know, that's all we ever heard about the Holy Spirit. So here's what, when we can submit ourselves, what the Spirit of God can meet us in such a powerful way. But so I knew nothing. I smoked all the way down there. I I was a big smoker. With five kids, you know, you smoke. (laughs) Just trying to keep, (laughs) no, no, that's not true. Just trying to keep yourself together. Anyway, that's what I did. Anyway, <laughs> so got to the meeting, and they had a man that was doing praise and worship. I knew absolutely nothing, but I just, I want to, I was reading the Word all the time. I was reading the Word, not knowing really any, you know, no teaching, not anything, just reading the Word. So I, I did have that going on in my soul. I don't think my mind knew what was going on, but the word was there. The word was being fed into my soul. Anyway, the man said, sang, and I can't sing, but he was singing, uh, uh, fill my cup, Lord, fill it up, Lord. You know, and nobody raised their hands in our church, but for some reason my hand just went up. Fill my cup, Lord, fill it up, Lord. And an energy went through my hand all the way down into me. And I had a, 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 now I know it was a word of knowledge. I didn't know what it was. But I had, I just knew inside of me I'd never smoke again. And you're never going to smoke again. Okay. I didn't even know I was trying to quit. Okay. I'm never going to smoke again. And I never have. I can't even stand to be around it. I can't stand to sell, smell cigarette smoke. But I smoked all the way there, and that energy came in, and uh, so I, that night, I didn't knew nothing, but God was working in my behalf. I received the Holy Spirit right then. I received the baptism, and how I know is, these were crazy days back in the 70s. <laughs> my sister, and you all have seen her when she comes here, uh, my sister, uh I turned around after I was worshiping, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was there just, and I looked over and she was laying on the floor, bright red, singing something. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to go up, reach down to get her and pull her up off the floor and get her corrected. Cause she was looked like an idiot laying down there on that floor like that, singing, you know, she was singing something. Anyway, I reached out to get her, and a lady was there by her, and I, and she, I said, 
what she said she's singing in the spirit and i said she's what and she said just open your mouth and you will too and i did and i did the spirit just came forth like that somehow just submitting myself in that time of worship the holy spirit ministered to me and you know my daughter was that melinda was asthmatic living in a home with smokers you know what a destructive thing and I always said it wasn't for my benefit that uh, I was delivered from that. It was for her benefit. But I know that I know that I know that it was spirit, soul, body working in my behalf. We need to understand it, that it works how it works and how you can judge yourself. And next week I want to get into uh, some about how the gifts of the spirit work with this when you understand spirit, soul, body. Um, let's see what else. See, so you, it's, I don't know whose fault it is, but we got entirely off my notes. So our mind must be renewed by the word of God, and that's in our soul. That's our soul realm. That's the most important thing you can do for your life right now is to renew your mind with the word of God. And see, we minister back to him. That's why I'm saying he he desires the people that will worship him because when we have that word in us, it's in our spirit, and we begin to come in and we begin to worship him and minister unto him. We're ministering to him, and and if we have the word in us, we're ministering the word back to him. To him, you know. And and in my case, um, I pray in the spirit a lot when I'm worshiping. I mean, I don't have words that are good enough, you know. I just, I'm not good with words. Uh, so I, I can just be ministering to him in the spirit. And and then I call it a download. There will come a download about something I, I needed to understand or to know. I've, I've received healings like that. Just open, you know, it just came because he's ministering back to me. So when we're ministering to him in the spirit and in truth, truth is word, spirit is from our spirit, man, we're releasing what he has de- already deposited in us. He, I mean, we have a wealth inside of us because the Holy Spirit has already deposited that in us. He brought it in us. There's scriptures that says uh, that Jesus, that we are joined with Jesus Scriptures here for you. Oh, well, I don't know why I put notes down. So, uh, Romans eight fourteen, I put down as many as led by the Spirit; they are sons of God. And then verse 16, it says, The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That that can happen in this time when we're ministering unto the Lord. He'll bear witness within us. We'll receive a truth. He'll bear witness within us. You know, I keep looking at Ron. I, you know, he received something that day. And I know something happened in spirit, soul, body, about your eyes. I've shown that little... Uh, x-ray you had or whatever they call that to a lot of people that was such a but the word a word came about somebody that had uh had victory in that you know well, it was my sister how her eyes had been healed you received that didn't you in your how did you how did that function now i'm going to get personal but did you just do you know did you just receive that truth in your spirit, man? Do you know what happened there? Yeah. We had somebody share about how their son had had some healing in their eye. And I had mentioned previously about my issue. And uh, there was praying over me and I took a nap that afternoon, and when I woke up, I knew that my vision had returned in that blind area. 
receive that in his spirit and it was released back into your body. That's that if we can just grasp that. We're told to walk in the spirit. We're told to, to, that, and it says if we walk in the flesh, you know, it's death to us. But if we walk in the spirit, it's life. It's understanding how we cooperate with our triune being. Uh, I know I do, I do it. I mean, it's just a discipline that we have to have in our life because it's so easy not to be disciplined in your mind. And something comes along. But if we can understand those truths, if we have the word of God in us, when things come into our life, they come. We're, we're still in this earth suit. We're walking around in this earth suit. Things come in our life that are traumatic. But if we know, if we know how to, uh, receive that, if we, if we first can say, understand that we have all that we need already in our spirit man, because the Holy Spirit is resident within us, that it can be released into our life. It's just so many things. It's just so, you know, I've shared it before. There's just so many things. If you can just think in your own life how you know that that's been working in your life. Um, just, uh, I like, I, I shared this before, but here, I, uh, I had no intention to ever be in, uh, a minister of the gospel, no intention at all. I was supporting my husband, uh, in the decision he'd made, and we were in our early 40s, so we would have been considered old people by that time. Now it looks really young to me, 40. But, uh, of course he had been, I know you've all heard the story, so I'll make it quick, but just to understand, understand what's working in us i had no intention to go to back to school he became phil spirit so he thought he ought to go to rama so he'd understand what it was all about so he we picked up all of us from el paso he left the he was working in the el paso the police department we picked it all up and came here now he had been and he was an assistant or associate pastor in the disciples of christ so when this all this came into our life, he decided he needed to get someplace where they could teach him about what he had, you know. So here we came. Well, we had all the kids and us, and uh, the 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 tremendous thing about this was that I had no intention of going to school, none. That was not in my mind at all. But where I was working. I would go in there and, and for some reason in my spirit, it'd go, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in me than he's in the world. And, uh, I had a, a boss that there was, uh, she smoked a lot. <laughs> so I tried to avoid her as much as I could with, <laughs> you know, and so I would go into the filing cabinet, where do some filing and, and this praying the spirit come and just pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit, going home, pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit. This went on for months and it was just there. I just, it, I just understood. Well, I didn't really understand a lot of things. I just knew that I needed to pray in the spirit because greater was he that's in the world. One scripture. See, I hadn't been to school yet. <laughs> One scripture was doing that for me. And, and I was releasing that language, releasing that language. Well, came time for second year for Charlie to start second year to college. And I told you that to school, Bible school. And the people I had worked for before called me the day that's the, the last day that you could enroll in school. <clears throat> And they said, we've been praying, and we believe that you're supposed to go to school. And I said, no. But Charlie, my husband, had made me fill out an application during the summer, and I just shoved it in the drawer. Well, he sent it on into school, and they accepted me, and then I shoved it in the drawer again. And uh, so <clears throat> anyway, what what happened was that uh, they called the last day 
that you could enroll. And they, I said, you know, they said, we'll pay your tuition to go. And I said, you know, that's fine. But, you know, I really need to work. We've got all the children here and da-da-da-da and all that. And they said, well, the other thing we're going to offer you is $1,500 a month while you go to school. And so, you know, we didn't turn that down. And then my job let me come in after I got out of school, so I still had my job. But what I want to say, what I'm making a point of this is that God knew my destiny. He knew the spirit of God in me that was deposited in me long years ago. My destiny, what he had put me on planet earth for, it's in your spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you, that's deposited in your spirit, man. But the soul, the soul can block that all off. You know, that's why we have to renew our mind with the word of God. Well, I realized when that happened, what I'd been praying in tongues all that time for. I was praying out what he, he willed for my life. And, uh, and now you see the result of it. A lot of my children followed in the ministry, grandchildren in the ministry, just how that, but it was that the spirit. Somehow I, not knowing, see, we don't have to be geniuses. We just have to let our soul be submitted to the Holy Spirit so that he can work in us. Well, I hope you all got something out of this. Yes. Okay. Dr. Carolyn Leaf, she's a brain specialist and also uh, she studied a lot and she's deep in the word of God and in the spirit. She's spirit filled, but she keeps, I get on her, her Facebook page. She keeps putting these things on here and I wanted to read these two things. Um, she said, when we speak in tongues, the frontal lobe of the brain, which is involved in intentionality, decreases in activity showing that we are not consciously controlling the process it and and uh so and and so it you know in first corinthians 14 14 it says when i pray in an unknown tongue my spirit prays and my mind is unfruitful but i always i just leave it at my spirit's praying you know so i like that but here's the other thing she says she says uh when we speak in in tongues, research shows that the areas involved in discernment in the brain increase in activity, which means we increase in wisdom. These are things that they're proving out. Yes. When we had the school in Perry, um, what was that family's name? They were in school there. But they sent the, this little girl started having seizures. And so they took her here to Stillwater and is it an MRI, whatever they put you under, you know, in the, and, uh, she was maybe 10 years old and <laughs> they, uh, told, you know, you can't move, you can't say anything. EEG, is that what it was? She couldn't move or she couldn't say anything. And so they, they, whatever they were doing that uh, hooked her up or whatever. And they'd say, she cannot, she's talking. She is saying things. She can't do that. And I don't know how Sharon Hoffman, Hoffman was their name. Sharon, the mother going there and say, you can't do that. You can't be talking. And she, so finally they just quit because there was this activity going on. And then when they left, the little girl said to her mom, she said, I wasn't talking. I was just praying in the spirit in my mind. It was registering. There is so much of God, I'm telling you, there is so much of God that we haven't tapped into that's resident within us. You know, the greatest thing that any of us could do is to step into the place that God, and many probably have, I'm not saying you haven't, but it's to step into that place that God created you for. And you know what? It's all in you. It's all there. We just have to release it. We have to... Have the word be renewed in our mind and release it in its 755. So I got four minutes. 
<laughs> I guess we can. Does anybody else have a question or anything to say about it? Have I confused you totally? No. Have I? Come on. Have I confused you? But, uh, yes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Um, what to do whenever your soul's kind of like running rampant and how to get your spirit back in control. You know? Like where you feel like your soul is just overwhelming you. How you can... Well, what? Well, you're the one teaching, so... I'll let you... What to do when you're so well? I mean, each one probably handles that different. But for me, I pray in spirit after I've thrown a fit and everything else, you know, and there's nothing else to do. See, my family knows me. They're all going to say, yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) But I pray in the Spirit, but other people could go to, what do you do? You worship. See, there's good. That's good. What are you about, Todd? You worship? No, you're like your mother. Never mind. <laughs> no. <laughs> not Gosh, that's a good question. But worship, yes, worship it, and worship ushers things, you know, brings things into existence um, that's already resident in there. I don't know how else to put it, but I encourage you to minister unto the Lord. Let your spirit minister unto Him. Because he wants to minister back to us. Healing's resident in it. I, you know, I've lost my husband to cancer. I lost my grandson to cancer. But it has not changed my mind about healing. The healing of God is resident in us. It's available. It's available for us. So, um, you know, how do you explain those things? I don't. But I know that it never, it did not shake me from, and I know that only could be because it's in my spirit, that my mind hasn't been shaken by, uh, that it's not God's will to heal everyone. I still believe that it's God's will to heal everyone. I believe that. I miss my husband, and he's up there enjoying himself. He was a big thing on duct tape. I always make this joke. <laughs> he, he cured everything with duct tape. And I, I said, everybody that knows him knows he can do everything with duct tape. And we didn't have the colored duct tape then, so no telling what it'd be like now. But I, I laugh and say, you know, I'll say, sometimes I'll say, okay, Charlie, when I get up there, I do not want any duct tape in my house. <laughs> you know, there with the Lord. That's the confidence we have in us. You know, Paul said, I'm betwixt. I'm between two decisions to make. He said, it's far better that I go and be with the Lord, but it's better for you that I stay. And there's good scripture right there. Who's he talking about far better that he be? He's talking about his spirit. It's far better that his spirit man go on and be with the Lord. The real him. But his body had to stay there for the benefit of the people and that's really how we are how how we really are right now we're here to benefit other people not only ourselves but we are here for each other praise god zero thank you lord lord i thank you for everyone here i pray that they have ears to hear that lord that they can take what was said this evening and that you can apply it in their life to understand how precious they are to you. Lord God, they are so precious. The Spirit of God is resident in each and every one of them. He has a wonderful future for them. Lord God, we believe that. We know that. You you are so important in our life, Lord God, that we can walk with you daily. Daily we can fellowship with you. Daily we can be expectant that you are ministering back into our life, into our needs. Oh, God, you are a great God. And the only thing that can shut off impossibilities in our life 
is this old soul man. Lord God, I just thank you that you can take the words that I spoke this evening and and shape them where they can be truth unto each and every one and that they can progress in their walk with you. And I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.